The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode of NFL History, I discuss and kick off our military heroes in the NFL theme for the month of July. Run through several players who have served in the military as well as those who have passed away while in service. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Happy Friday, listeners. Happy Friday to you all. Thank you so much for tuning in um, to today's episode. I appreciate it. I know it's the start of a long weekend for many of us. It is the weekend of the 4th of July. Andrew is not here. He's enjoying vacation, uh, spending his last few days, and uh, really getting the extra break that he deserves. He's earned, uh, undoubtedly so. So we're going to let him have fun. I'm not going to bug him. I'm going to try and do my best to get through this very complicated uh, very complicated and tricky episode, I think, to navigate. I certainly wish he was here um, for it. It would be nice to to bounce off, you know, someone in that regard. But, um, but yeah, this weekend is the Fourth of July, the date of America's independence, uh, a date which many, most, if not all, Americans celebrate um, our way of life in a way, and. You know, we decided to do this theme for this month because our way of life, as imperfect as it seems at times, um, has been paved the way by our armed forces, our military, um, obviously dating back to the American Revolution, those who picked up arms to uh, fight the British and give us a ample opportunity to be um, to be free, as free as we possibly can be, and I know it's we're living in very politically dis- divisive times right now, and um, uh, we're not really a politically based show, but it's kind of one of those things that has to be brought up. Um, I do. I, I love this country. I really do. Um, it isn't perfect by any means. Uh, it's very, very flawed, and I think I love it because it's imperfect. I love what I am able to do. I'm, I love what uh, my friends and family are allowed to to do. As you know, sometimes this this place, this country, doesn't seem as free um, as we may hope and expect it to be. We're better off than a lot of other places in the world. But uh, that doesn't mean that it can't be better, right? It doesn't mean it can't be better. Um, you know, the older I've gotten, the more I've appreciated what this holiday is. Um, the more politically divisive that the world, our country has become, the more I've appreciated what this holiday is. You know, um, for me, it's always been getting together with with friends, family, 
and uh, enjoying hot dogs, hamburgers, uh, beer, all sorts of backyard sports, just being with family and the prime of summer, best weather, and, uh, and you know, fireworks and celebrating our way of life. Again, as imperfect as it may be at times, uh, our way of life. Um, this is really tricky. But, you know, we don't have any of these things. We don't have any of these, these uh, what we do have if it wasn't for our military in those early days. And, you know, it, being a history buff, it's hard to let, really look past, like, the Civil War or some other, like World War One, World probably World War Two, and and really like see how much good our that the military has done for the world. I know there's been a lot of uh, bad wars and stuff, bad misguided wars out there, um, but our earliest, you know, military, you know, again the American Revolution, the War of eighteen twelve, uh, <clears throat> the war with Mexico, probably the Civil War is the most, you know, crazy to think about, to wrap your mind around and and think of that, how fragile freedom is. And (laughs) it's almost a reflection of how divided we can be today in some of our philosophies. But um, I have to, I mean, I have to admit, you know, Andrew is a military veteran. And people like him, I admire their courage uh, so much to to stop and go from our way of life to a life of military service, and to try and make maybe make the world a better place as uh, as, as best as they can. Um, I I don't I don't know if I have the courage to do that. I don't know if I have the inner strength to lay my life on the line and it seems cowardly um you know i'm not a big believer in war i don't really support war i'm a love and peace kind of guy but like people like andrew are and he may or may not listen to this but they're my heroes because they're able they have the courage to go and do things you know they they have the courage to put the video games away put the toys away put relationships, family, friends on hiatus and just pick up and go and serve their country in whatever way is is needed. And uh yeah. It's tough. It's tough. But that's why we wanted to do this theme for this month. Um this is gonna be a quick episode I can I can already tell you. This is getting this is really tough for me to get through. Um but this is why we want to do this theme for this month, because there's a lot of great NFL players who gave up their way of life, all right? All the money, all the fame, the glory, uh, right? I mean, how it, there's a lot of people who grow up and aspire to be NFL players, but others are willing to put that to the side and, and, and go and fight for our country. There's been a lot of current players um, who have served, a lot of players in yesteryear, that have served. And we're going to talk about some of them today um, in brief, mention their names at the very least. And obviously we'll break down um, a little bit more thoroughly throughout the rest of the month of July. So, but uh, I mean, I want you to think, think of that this, this weekend, Um, you know, is 
as as we are mowing down hot dogs, <laughs> playing volleyball, going swimming, and and stuff like that. That is, it's the bravery of uh, you know of those people of players, um, you know, like the Pat Tillmans of the world and Alejandro uh, Villanueva's and and. I mean, so many more. I'm going to mention, a, again, a ton today. Um, and just how courageous they were. You know, we're sitting there smiling, having a great time, and they decided to pick up and go. And, again, it was their choice. But um, in some instances, it was a necessary choice. And I do admire it. Um, that's why it's tough for me to see people fight the way they do over the the pledge thing. Uh, the pledge, I shouldn't just call it the pledge thing, the Pledge of Allegiance um, in my eyes, we're all American, whether we stand for the flag, put our heart over, you know, our hand over our heart, raise our fists or, or kneel, um, to make America a better place. You know, it's, it's become a sideshow. It's become politicized, but I, I, I think we all, you know, I, I really do think, um, deep down that we're all just truly Americans at, at heart and just want to see this, see America be uh, the best version of itself. But yes, our military heroes are some of the most responsible ones. And now that I've gotten through that tough part, um, yeah, there are, I mean, so many, so many greats dating back to the, the forties. Uh, World War II was a huge time for military servicemen in the NFL. And I know it was a very, very different era. It was a very, very different era of of National Football League. It was kind of easier to pick up. You might make a lot more money uh, being in the military than you were in the National Football League. That's not like that far-fetched. But uh, World War II was a massive time for, for player call-ups, so much so that, you know, we had unified teams. There was the, the, the Steagles, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles and Pittsburgh Steelers merged for a year or two. Um there was also Card Pitt, the Cardinals, and the uh, and the Pittsburgh Steelers merged at one point. These are all things, um, you know. It really rattled the NFL for a little while until everybody kind of came back and, and life resumed as normal. But there was a there was a you know good four year stretch where where NFL players and, and many other Americans were leaving in droves uh, to go fight in you know go fight in World War Two, storm the beaches of Normandy. Um, fight against the Japanese, Germans, Italians, all of that. Um, and here are some of those, you know, some of those people, uh, not just World War II era, but um, but also, of course, in the modern era as well. So uh, we've talked a lot about Sid Luckman, and he might be one of the people that we actually break down and do a full episode on. Um, Sid Luckman f- was the Chicago Bears quarterback, and uh Back in 43, uh, he was the 1943 champion. Um, in 1944 or 45 ish, he, uh, um, him and about 19 of his teammates went over to and fought in Normandy. And, uh, ironically enough, he was, uh, <laughs> he was his, uh, uh, George Hallis was his welfare and recreation officer. So George Hallis was uh, out overseas too, which is pretty wild, uh, for the 7th Fleet in the Pacific. This is from NFL.com, um, so that's pretty neat there. Eddie LeBaron, uh, he was known as the Little General, but uh, it all 
He earned the nickname he served in the Korean War. He was uh, drafted by the, the Washington Redskins in 1950, and he played two uh, two Redskins preseason games, then went to Korea as a second lieutenant with the uh, with the Marine Corps Reserves. Uh, got hurt a couple times there, earned a Purple Heart, and then he eventually uh, returned and played seven seasons, uh, seven more seasons with the uh, with Washington, and another four with the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, little fun fact here: he was the first starting quarterback in the history of the Dallas Cowboys, um, which weren't yet known as America's team, <laughs> whether you want to hear that or not. Uh, Rocky Blyer, who uh, our, our our dude Boyd is uh, very very fond of. Uh, drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1968, he played in one season. Got, got drafted into the Army and went to uh, Vietnam with the 196th Light Infantry Brig- uh, Brigade in May of 1969. Uh, later received the Purple Heart and Brian Starr, um, but uh, he got hit with a load of shrapnel and was told he'd never play football again. But um, he eventually did, which is you know absolutely outstanding. He came and he was uh, Franco Harris's blocking fullback and played on four Super Bowl winning teams in ten or more NFL seasons, which is uh, which is significant, you know. Uh, to go away and come back and still, you know, go achieve, um, fight, you know, whatever you feel on Vietnam. Thank you to our veterans um, who who went there, whether by choice or by free will, and. Um, you know, he went there and he came back and he had a successful football career. Uh, Concrete Charlie, Chuck Benderick, who, uh, you know, is an absolute legend. We've talked about him uh, significantly. He was, uh, his, <laughs> his, he was nicknamed Concrete Charlie because in the off season he would actually do concrete work. We've talked about, you know, that aspect before, but, um, but yeah, he was a two-way player for Philadelphia from 1949 to 62. He played both offense and defense, and um, he was drafted in the Army at the age of 18. And he went and uh, he sent to gunnery school in the midst of World War II. And he served with the 467th Bomb Group in the Eighth Air Force, flying uh, 30 missions over Germany in a B-24 Liberation bomber. And he was given uh, significant medal service. So a tough, really tough son of a gun. And um, after that, he eventually, yeah, he eventually found his way to the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, became a legend. I'm 90, I'm like 100% sure he's a uh, Hall of Famer, too. Let me double check on that. Chuck, he is eight-time Pro Bowler, 60-minute man, or Concrete Charlie. I've actually seen his son or somebody pop up in, a, in an old NFL group, which is pretty cool. Uh, son, grandson, nephew, I'm not sure where he is, but he is... Uh, he actually just commented on one of our posts very recently. Uh, George McAfee, he was a star player of the Bears, nineteen forty. So obviously, with our uh, with our man Sid, Sid Luckman, and uh, yeah, it was interrupted. In uh, he went to war, and he went to World War Two. He enlisted in the Navy. Uh, eventually, made it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Buffalo fans, Buffalo fans are. I shouldn't say R. I'm not a Buffalo fan. I do live in the Buffalo area. But um, Ralph Wilson served in the military. He was uh, in the Navy uh, in both the Atlantic and Pacific theaters during World War II. And, of course, he went on to find the Buffalo Bills uh, in in the 1960s, and he is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. He did pass away in 2014. But um, a very important man who fought his, you know, 
uh, fought to have a team in Buffalo. He didn't originally want one, but he came. He 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 opened it up and he kept it here, which was which was really cool. There's all the threats of uh, and possibilities of moving the team to Toronto and uh, various other spots. And uh, he decided he decided to keep it in Buffalo, which is always important. As as much as I don't care for the Buffalo Bills, I always admire that he kept football here in Buffalo. And you know, it's it's one of the diehard fan base, and uh, yeah, it's provided a lot of cool opportunities. Uh, Roger Staubach, Roger Staubach, who uh, I mean, it's he's pretty much they call him Captain America, but. Uh, he did a tour of duty in, in Vietnam. He was, uh, he had quite the accomplished career. Um, yeah, they drafted Staub back in 1964. Um, but he had to, uh, he had to wait until the end of the decade to, uh, start his startup because of his military career, which was cool, which was admirable, you know, a huge chance they took on that. And, um, Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. I'm sure we'll talk about this when we. I'm definitely gonna pick a Roger Staubach theme episode. But uh, they actually shipped footballs to Vietnam so we could keep us throwing our fresh during free time. And uh, he resigned in '69, and he spent 11 years with the Cowboys, and uh, obviously won two Super Bowls. He was a big part of the Dallas Cowboys becoming America's team, and of course, an eventual Hall of Famer. A uh, few more we got here: Clyde the Bulldog Turner. I was drafted out of Hardin-Simmons University by the, the Bears in the first round of 1940. And uh, he was drafted in the Army towards the end of World War II in 1945 and went overseas. He's a Pro Football Hall of Famer as well. So a lot of these military guys, uh, obviously there's so many more, but um, a lot of it's not just randoms that went over and fought overseas. It's a lot of big-time names. Uh, Paul Horning, the uh, golden boy. Uh, he was called to active duty in 1961 and uh, five years into his Hall of Fame career with the Packers. And uh, <laughs> he actually, this is pretty neat. So Coach Lombardi, Vince Lombardi, was uh, very good friends with uh, a little-known president named JFK, John F. Kennedy. So um, so they actually arranged for weekend passes in the fall so Hornig could come and play uh, football on weekends and go back to military uh, on Sundays and go back into <laughs> and go and play, you know, do what he had to do in the in the military on weekdays. So um, pretty insane, pretty wild. Uh, was part of some of those great uh, NFL championship teams way back in the day. Um, so Paul Hornig, Chad Hennings, he uh, former NFL tackle. He played. He was drafted by the Cowboys. And he didn't play until 1992 because he he, uh, he left for the Air Force. He played, ended up playing nine seasons, and was part of those great 90s uh, Cowboys teams. Bryce Fisher, former NFL defensive lineman, drafted by the Bills in '99, but did not play until 2001. Uh, he had two years in the Air Force, and he also eventually played on the Rams, Seahawks, and Tennessee Titans. Caleb Campbell. Um, Seventh-round draft pick in 2008. He was the first Army player selected in over a decade in the NFL draft, so pretty significant there. Um, he did not end up playing until 2010. He started the season on the practice squad, but eventually made his way um, to the active roster in November. Uh, and, of course, Pat Tillman. 
Pat Tillman, uh, probably the most famous slash infamous uh, NFL player turned uh, it, military or military turned NFL player. Obviously, it was the other way around, but um, he's his tenure uh, in in the military has become uh, quite controversial. All right, it's become a big fixation. Uh, Pat Tillman will definitely be receiving an episode. This, uh, um, you know, this this month, he obviously uh, he was inspired by the nine eleven terrorist attacks, and he left football, and unfortunately, never um, never made it back home alive. Uh, truly tragic, truly tragic. Pat Tillman. Uh, let's see, we have Mike Anderson, former NFL running back and Marine. He was drafted by the Broncos in two thousand, and uh, he was rookie of the year. Alejandro Villanueva, who just retired this last offseason. He went undrafted in 2010, had a trial with the Bengals, and then spent four years as an active member of the Army. And he went on three tours to Afghanistan. He worked out, um, eventually made his way uh, back to the NFL with the Eagles as a defensive end, and then uh, he was signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers and finished his career as a Baltimore Raven. So he kind of went all over. uh, Military kind of intervened and... uh, you know, got in the middle, got in the middle of his NFL career, but um, I've always admired uh, Villanueva. When the whole uh, anthem protest thing started to become controversial, I loved the image of him uh, saying that he was going to go and stand. He stood at the end of the tunnel and held his heart over his hand for the you know the anthem, and I always admired that. That despite everything kind of going on, his uh, uh, he, he still he loved his country. He served his country, and he. Again, held his heart, hand over his heart, and uh, to to the you know to the national anthem. I, I always thought that was really admirable. Um, Nate Boyer, former NFL long snapper for the Seahawks, and he was a U.S. Army Green Beret, signed by the Seahawks in 2015 as an undrafted player, but um, he was honorably just discharged after six serving six years and multiple tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, and Joe Cardona, long snapper for the Patriots. Uh, Drafted in the fifth round, he, yeah, he was an officer. He is an officer in the U.S. Naval Reserve, and he eventually played for the Patriots in Super Bowl Fifty One against the Falcons when they came back. So those are some of the all-time greats of uh, NFL players that went on to uh, do military service. There is dozens and dozens and dozens of of others, I'm sure. But um, but yeah, I uh, I also did, wanted to acknowledge some of the ones that did pass away uh, that we didn't did not get to mention in uh as as previously um let's see here keith burlam of the washington redskins in 1943 um he passed you know he died in europe uh a he tried to land his b-17 bomber in england but was killed in, in a in a crash uh mike baska the philadelphia eagles as you can see these are uh, 1941 these are a lot of world war ii-esque ones um he was yeah his he was driving a vehicle in in v- Vichy France and uh was killed by an anti-tank round 1944 Alex Ketsko of the Detroit Lions in 1944 um he oh no sorry 1945 he must have went in 1944 uh, but died in December of 1945 towards the very end of the war um, he enlisted in 1943 and, uh, yeah, killed in action December 1945 at just 25 years old. Tragic. 
Uh, Walter Waddy Young of the Brooklyn Dodgers, and not baseball Brooklyn Dodgers. The NFL used to have a Brooklyn Dodgers team. That's what a lot of early NFL teams did. They just kind of ripped off their local baseball team, uh, pro baseball team. But uh, January 9th, 1945, he was killed in a plane crash during a run over Tokyo. Um, Don Wemple of the Brooklyn Dodgers. He died in an Army transport plane, and uh, he was on his way to India in 1944. Charlie Behan of the Detroit Lions, 1945. Um, he played one season with the Lions, and he was hit in the mouth by shrapnel in Okinawa. And, um, yeah, he was killed guiding his Marines over the top of Sugar Loaf Hill. Um, yeah, unfortunate. Al, Al Blosis of the uh, New York Giants, 1945. He uh, he just disappeared. MIA. Um, he went to look for his, two of his men in the Vosges Mountains over in France, and uh, he went out to find him by himself, and he just never heard from him again. Crazy. Young Bussy of the Chicago Bears. Uh, after the 41 season, um, quarterback Young Bussy left the NFL to join the war effort after the attack on Pearl Harbor, and he was killed during the invasion of the Philippines. Edwin B. King Kong Khan, 1945. Uh, he died of wounds in the invasion of late in the Philippines in, 19, in February of 1945. Uh, Howard Smiley Johnson of the Green Bay Packers. He was uh, 1945. He was killed uh, in the Battle of Iwo Jima, the world-famous raising of the flag. Um, Jack Loomis, the New York Giants, 1945. He lost uh, uh, Rooney by shrapnel. He's lost his legs to a landmine and died in an aid station. It's terrible. Don Steinbrunner. So we got to jump ahead about 20 years. The Cleveland Browns. Um, he was on a defoliation mission over Vietnam in 1967 when a C-123 provider was shot down. Uh, Bob Calso, Calso of the Buffalo Bills. He was a tackle drafted in 1968, and um, there was an attack on the fire his on fire support base Ripcord in 1970, and, oh, Jesus. It was just hours before his wife gave birth to their son back home. I hate war. I do. And, of course, Pat Tillman, um, who we'll talk about, uh, died in friendly fire incident in Afghanistan. So I hate war. I do. It's uh, it's ugly. It's unfortunate. And I wish... Oh, I wish this world was a better place. But um, and there was a need for war. There was a need for unnecessary bloodshed. I wish there wasn't tyrants and people who just hated each other for differences in opinions. Um, maybe someday that'll all change. Maybe someday that'll all change. Um, but that's what we want to do here this month is honor those military heroes alive or deceased um, and give them a spotlight in a sense. Give them a spotlight. Give them, um, I guess their time to shine on, on one of our podcast episodes. And and you know, this is a this is a tough time right now for differences in opinions, philosophies and political stuff. But remember deep down to the core we are all Americans and 
as long as your views don't take from others, offend others, you're doing all right. Try to be a shining example of um, what it means to be a believer in what you believe in. All right? Um, you know, religion's a tough one, and not to get, again, too preachy, but religion's a tough one, but I know very, very kind, open-minded people who, you know, are devout in their respective religions, and those are the people I want to affiliate with. Uh, there's tons and tons of friends who I differentiate. differentiate. Um, I've, I don't agree politically with what they believe in, but uh, they're good people. So I can look past that, and I can respect their views, and some of my best friends, some of my best friends, don't get caught up in all the 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 I'm better than you because of this and all that mumbo jumbo. Just just be the best version of yourself that you can be to other people. That's all I can say. Um, thank you for get for sitting through this this wild and weird week again we still have one more episode fantasy um episode with myself and ryan tomorrow I'll get back in the normalcy train a little bit but um but yeah it's uh it's tough and to our service members um you know thank you thank you for uh for your bravery and what you do and we hope that uh this this month it honors you in in any sense. So thank you so much. And on behalf of myself, till next time, the two point conversation is good.